that okay. that signals the magic right there. Yeah. So, um, uh, so you got you got him. You weren't clapping for my attention. No, baby. Mrs. Winger thought that I was supposed to, she was supposed to throw me a fish because I was clapping my hands. <laughs> did she say, did she say that the lamp in the bedroom is going on and off? Would you please knock it off? That's funny. No, we don't have one of those. It's 6.06. Howdy. Welcome to the Managing Expectations Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Winger. With me, as usual, is my aide-de-camp, Brian Grimm. Howdy, Brian. Hey, good morning, Jeff. How are you? Fine. Thank you for asking. Good. Uh, Thanks for asking is uh, the title of one of my paintings. It's kind of a a dark uh, combination of... uh, it's like primary colors, but all on the darker scale. And it's a combination of uh, splatter and smear. And uh, it's for all those times when um, you know you don't have, I mean, everybody knows, I think, or, or has some idea that you don't have anything good to report, but you know, thanks for asking. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think I use that phrase very often. And you're a you're a swell fellow. There's a there's a, there's a saying. It's something like um, uh, the definition of a bore is someone who, when asked, "How are you doing?" they actually tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, <laughs> like, "Hey, I was just hoping for a fine or doing okay." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm fine. Thanks for asking. You never say thanks for asking. Um, I, I think I do from time to time. But um, there was somebody that I there was somebody that I knew that when they would say thanks for asking, it was had a little bit of sarcasm in it, like they weren't really thanking me for asking. So it was in. Well, I, th- I think it's probably a thin line. I mean, I'm yeah. not actually trying to be passive aggressive when I say thanks for asking. No, I know that. It's just like, uh, look, I, I mean, we we both know that I can barely function in this life, so you know. But thanks for asking. <laughs> we are starting off on a pretty bright. Uh... Well, okay. Well. Um... Did you, uh, did, you know that okay. it, did you know that it's 37 and raining here? No, it's not. Is it really? Yeah. We had like a, a 70 degree swing in temperature. And listen, and I know we're not supposed to talk about the weather, but... You're not supposed to... Oh, oh, you're not supposed to... I can't remember Elmore Leonard's rules, but I think you can talk about it. I don't think you're supposed to open with it. Should we wait till we're like 20 minutes in and then I can get to the stress? It was a dark and stormy night. Um, no, uh, that's actually kind of interesting because everybody, certainly everyone I know, everyone who's all the Texans in Texas and all the Californians in Texas all want to live in Colorado. Yes. And um, uh, you're probably going to get a lot of them. 
no fooling. Uh, so, well, and in fact, the reason Jared's not here with us now is he's in preparations to move to uh, a mountain town. Mm -hmm. And, you know, who knows? For all I know, Mrs. Winger and I will end up there uh, before it's all over with. But I don't know. Probably, nah, probably not. I'm too, I'm too tied to my job. I just don't have the entrepreneurial drive that you have, Brian. <laughs> that desire to get out there and blaze a trail. You grow where you're planted. Or, you know, or not. <laughs> or the wheels totally come off and it just burns. No, so, yeah. so, so it was 101 degrees on Sunday. Uh, yesterday, it was, it was in the mid-90s. 95 96 pretty nice pretty nice uh pretty hot and then the dry dry heat too dry heat as i recall yep yeah um but then this this thing came in from the north and <laughs> <laughs> so like half the state is under uh, a wildfire warning and then like yeah. the other half is under a winter storm warning and it's it's incredible. We're, yeah, we're, they, they're saying that we'll get like six to nine inches in the Denver metro of snow. Of rain? Of snow. It's going to snow tonight? That's what they're saying. That's hilarious. Yep. It's September 8th, uh, and it's going to snow. And not just a little. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And then it's going to like bounce right back to like 80s. Oh, by, sure. 80s by the end of the week. So one time, so one time, um, probably my first year of marriage. Okay. So I was, um, uh, it, we had gotten like a ton of snow and, uh, it was probably spring. It was probably a spring snow. And, uh, there, there were huge piles on the sides of the road, but I mean, seriously, like lawns and driveways and the streets were bone dry because mm -hmm. it was super nice you know i mean and, and colorado has those days right uh after a spring snow right but i was driving my volkswagen bus at the time and of course the engine is over the back wheels and it does great in snow and i was just so happy and an idiot and so uh, I go I'm like this does good in snow and like I, I like kind of like bank up into this huge snow drift and I got stuck and I had to call the boss and say um, I'm going to be late for work because I'm stuck in the snow and then um, you know that's the sort of stuff that doesn't really happen to you when you're older than 25 nope and it and if it does, then then that's that's a problem. I uh, I too have a, a Volkswagen getting stuck in the snow story. I was like sixteen or seventeen, and driving my Volkswagen Beetle, and uh, I was with my sister, and you know I was like showing off because like it had snowed, but everything was pretty snow packed. But I was like, this will be fun to kind of fishtail around a little bit, and so I'm like whipping the the bug around and. And it's kind of going sideways and it's coming back and and uh you know big surprise i lost control of it and ended up going off the road and in a ditch 
Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, I'm like, um, okay, so like I try to dig us out, but uh, like it's just, I just can't do it. And so like she's, she's like 14 years old, like trying to push <laughs> the car out because it was a stick shift. So of course she can't like, she can't drive it. She has no, you know, she, she didn't know how yet. Didn't know how yet. And so, uh, so she's back there trying to push it out, and I'm like spinning the tires and spraying snow and mud all over the place. And and um, a uh, a police officer drives by, and I'm thinking, okay, well, this guy will help. And he just drove by real slowly and just looked at us and just like shook his head and just kept on going. <laughs> it's like, thanks. Appreciate that. But we got out. We were able to we were able to make it happen. So No kidding. Yep. You gotta you gotta so, rock you gotta rock it. You gotta rock it. That's really the uh-huh. the trick. So you were in a deep ditch. Felt pretty deep. <laughs> wow. But come on. I mean if it was, I mean, you weren't like, well, you know, you weren't high centered or something. I mean, you were, you know, the, the front wheels weren't in the air. Oh, certainly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, that's funny. So that, when I was, I don't know, I'm 16 or 17, it was snowy, uh, and... I borrowed my mom's car and it was a company car. Okay. Which I was like, no one was supposed to drive except for her. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so so honestly, um, she is vulnerable to, uh, charges of uh, poor judgment in letting me drive it at all, let alone when it was like snowing and, you know, there's like five inches of snow. Right. So, me and a couple of buddies go out and we're um uh there was a new development and it was it was kind of in the i'm I'm trying to think it was like the ken carl ranch uh but kind of behind manville too Mm -hmm. so i don't know i don't exactly know where that would have been Uh, this is kind of a fateful this is actually a place that i returned to i couldn't find it now uh and of course you know of course at the time, it was mostly field, and now it's um, uh, all subdivision. So, so there's, there's a golf course there now. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because this is also where my same friend Bob and I and a bunch of people went in a thunderstorm uh, to watch the storm. And then and then it, like, it got, like, really hairy. <laughs> and it occurs to us that we are the tallest things for like three, three square miles. Okay. So we had to like hightail it out of there. That was also the time that my pants caught on fire, which is a story I believe I've, I've I've told you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe if time permits, we can get to that story. It's well, you don't want me to tell that story. Uh, That's, that's, that's up to you. That's entirely up to me. That's up to you. That's a great story, and you know it. It you, is. You don't want your kids to know. You don't want Jack to know that story. I'd rather producer Jack didn't hear that one. But okay, all right. 
<laughs> whatever. What'd you guys watch on TV last night? You're going to tell me it was worse than my fiery pants story? Uh, we watched uh, Little Women. <laughs> Again. Again, yeah. It was Monday night. <laughs> I got to tell you, I prefer, I prefer my picture on FaceTime than I do Zoom. Uh, I'm not loving um, the way the the Zoom uh, captures my essence. I'll send a, a note of compliments to Tim Cook. Yeah. Uh, well, you know they put a lot into their. Well, the thing is, it's not a it's not an Apple camera. It's it's a I don't know what it is. But it's, it's the software. Sense. It's the software. Is it really? I don't know. No, no. I think it's the lenses. The German. The German in you knows it's the op, 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 it's the, it's the optical occlusion. <laughs> so, so, so I, we're in my mom's company car and we go out and there's roads but no houses because they're going to build. They just haven't started building. Mm -hmm. So, we're taking the opportunity of of this snow and like we're, you know, I'm I'm like taking. Um, <laughs> I'm taking corners too fast and like we're spinning donuts and, um, you know, just hooting and hollering and having a ball. What kind of car okay. was it? Um, I believe it was a Chevy Nova. That's a company car? Um, well, don't don't act like it was like, I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, it was a company car. Um, and, uh, sh yeah, and it was really, really ugly. Oh, God, I, I just couldn't hate the late seventies more. Mm. I just, ah, it's horrible, horrible to have lived through that. <laughs> that no, nothing either? like the awesomeness that is 2020. <laughs> okay. You know what? No, it, no, it's existentially terrible right now. But um, at least the cars look good. <laughs> the cars, well, no, no, everything looks the exact same. I mean, everything's a crossover. What? My crossover looks way different than my neighbors. Okay, well, you have a BMW. I know you don't want to brag, but honestly, my wife's crossover, which is a Hyundai, is very, very similar to the Lexus um, crossover. I mean, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. With not quite as tall as an SUV. You know, the, the thing is, Americans want to drive a station wagon again so bad they can't even see straight. Okay? I mean, they would all... I mean, clearly, not everybody can handle a Suburban, which is what they kind of want to drive. Okay? They can't park them. You can't get them in and out of a parking lot. You can't... I mean, you can see over traffic, and I think people like that. But... You know, it's just a lot of vehicle, mm -hmm. you know, and you see these people driving like idiots and it's just, they got, too, they got too much vehicle. So, so, uh, but Americans are a highly accessorized people. I mean, I cannot believe how much junk my wife drives around with and now, and she doesn't because, because the lockdown has her more stationary than she's ever been in her life she can get away with not having the trunk full so like i've been i've driven her car and it's pretty great 
You know, you know what I, you know what I like, Brian. I would love, I love the idea of just being like, like a car commercial, like just taking a weekend away, and just throwing like your overnight bag in the trunk, and just hitting the road without the back seat being filled to the roof like the clampets. Okay. <laughs> oh, but we gotta fold down the seat. <laughs> we gotta have. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I cannot believe how much junk you acquire. It makes me crazy. <clears throat> we've, we, um, we had some work done on the house, and so we've got a, a, a small roll-off in the driveway right now. And What's a... Like a roll-off dumpster. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and so... Wow, got... you sure know the lingo. That's amazing, oh. yeah. Well, 14 years in construction, you know, you pick up a thing or two. So, um, roll off and die. Roll off and die. Yeah. So we've got the roll off there, and so the guy, like, he threw a bunch of the the old um, decking stuff that he replaced into the dumpster, and there's still a ton of room. He's like, hey, this will, this is going to be here for several more days. So whatever you guys want to toss in here, it's it's fine. And uh, man, what a great feeling that is to get rid of stuff that probably could donate but you know it's either broken or either the donation places won't take it for whatever reason so uh i spent a good chunk of the weekend doing some of that and it was awesome very liberating it was like what kind of stuff um so i mean i'm thinking about like like 12 year old bluetooth speakers that kind of thing gone uh there was a you know those metal uh bed frames that kind of fold up that have like the little rollers on the bottom of them yeah that everybody has in their garage yeah some of those you're you're assuming i don't sleep on one (laughs) um some of those uh there was a huge cardboard box that the trash guy wouldn't take that was just kind of stuffed into the corner of the garage that when the trash guys get so picky? Oh, this is this is a thing here. Yeah, the trash the, the trash guys. Like, You're not being very expansive today, Brian. Is there something I could do to draw you out? It's a thing here. I was getting, uh, I was getting there. No, that we've got a we've got a uh, our our relationship with our trash man is a little contentious at the moment. <laughs> You see, he doesn't think that he should get out of the truck to pick up the trash. He just needs to stay in the truck and let the mechanical arm grab the cans and do it. But if there's like an extra bag, he doesn't he doesn't want to get out of the truck to grab it. Is it just one guy? It's just one guy. Yeah, he's he's just he's just a guy who drives around in a big truck. And uh, do so, you not have? Is it not a city? It's it's not a city service. No. So where we live, our it's. Trash is included with our homeowners association. It is, and so we don't really have a choice who 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 they use until unless I go to the board meetings and make you know make a big deal about it for two years to finally make a change. Oh, that sounds horrible. And so this guy, since they're on contract, right? So he can just kind of drive around and pick up what he wants to, and not pick up what he doesn't want to. Okay, so I mean, here's a guy, and I mean, who's got his 
I mean, you know, I, I see the guys trying to, you know, make a living and, and you know, and it's, it's not like it's, you know, presumably you're not paying for concierge rubbish removal. You know, I get it, you know, but on the <laughs> other hand, many of us have to make our living kissing the tail of the middle class and um, it is a hassle. But, you know, it's nice to be able to come home on a Monday and be able to watch Little Women. It is nice. Instead of working 18-hour days. You know, so so, so since, since the lockdown has been a place, I mean, we've obviously been ordering more things online. You know, we don't. And so, the, you know, it comes in cardboard boxes or, you know, plastic bubble wrap or whatever, right? And so we have been generating more trash. But it's like, well, what do you, what do you, want, me to, what do you want me to do? And he just says, "Well, the the rules are that I don't, I don't get out of my truck. I just pick up, I just pick up the cans. I'm I'm not required to pick up anything else. So, um, do you need another can? No, he says, and you're you're only allowed two cans. So, it sounds like you don't even recycle. Oh, I, <laughs> I do. Oh, because Colorado's so green." I know you must have a recycling program in your. I think it's. I think if you want to get a driver's license here, you have to complete a recycling program. (laughs) (laughs) To get a driver's license, you have to prove that you can bike to Boulder. And then you have to sign a pledge. (laughs) Huh. Huh. Um, Okay. Brian, how about. why don't you do a word about our sponsor? Uh, let me just see here. Oh. Mrs. Who is Winger. it this week? Who is it this week? It's it's Mrs. Winger's Masks. LLB. LLB. MR Ducks. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. <laughs> Miss, Mrs. Winger's Masks. Tell me more. Are you doing okay this morning? I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Will you do the ad? What is wrong with you? You're just tickling yourself. Just do the ad. It's a good product and you know it. It is. It's an excellent product. It's it's comfortable. It's effective. It's stylish. And when you need to wear a mask, what else do you want? Mrs. Winger's masks. Dot site. Dot square. Is that it? Is that it? Dot square. Dot site. Dot square. Dot site. But aren't you the one? And by the way, she's looking at getting a domain name and really throwing deep. She's not sure she wants to pay the extra six dollars a month for a domain name. Like, oh my god. <laughs> well, I don't know, babe. Hey, <laughs> hey, it it takes money to make money, baby. <laughs> Um, they're excellent masks and there's new styles that are updated weekly it seems like it does it does seem like that and uh, check out the names because I think that some of those names are are uh, a lot of fun too um, one of the women that I work with uh, she's a lot like Mrs. Winger herself in, in that um she matches her mask with whatever she's wearing. 
And like, so she had to go out and she was like so proud of herself and so happy that she was able to color coordinate a very stylish Mrs. Winger mask uh, with her outfit. I mean, the, the whole thing just seems like a dystopian future in that we're now like covering our faces as as beautifully as possible. But, you know, look, like Howard the Duck, I'm trapped in a world I never made, okay? So just buy the masks and you'll be happy you did. There. Okay? That's you want ad. me to shill? There, I shilled. Are you happy? You <laughs> capitalist tool? <laughs> like Forbes magazine. Like a wrench is what I mean. Right. Yeah. So, um, th I, thank I, you. I, um, I stepped out of the house and I had to meet some clients and I forgot my mask. I forgot Are you my kidding. Stay with me, but okay. I usually keep a couple spares in the car, right? <clears throat> the spares that were in the car, one of them was uh, my wife's mask, and it was, let's just say, maybe not as masculine as I would prefer. The clients loved it. They're like, "That is a great looking mask. Where did you get that, well, Mrs. Winger?" Was it a Mrs. Winger mask? It was. Okay, because what I think would be really funny would be like, you forget your mask, you have to rummage around in the back seat of your wife's car to try to find something. There's a bunch of things she went shopping and didn't bring them in. You end up grabbing something out of like Victoria's Secret and wrapping it around your face, and then that, that's a big hit. I think that that would be like a Curb Your Enthusiasm level episode. What, I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a mask, it's a face covering, what's your problem? That's not a mask, Larry. Sure it is. <laughs> is Larry David a subscriber? Um, I don't know. I haven't really poured over the analytics. I, uh, I, I, you know, I, I listen, I listen to the show. Me too. You know, I'm, a, I'm just, I'm just always so happy when one of them finally drops that I, I await it with great anticipation. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure that we're on Larry's radar right yet. I don't think um, so. Not yet. Yeah. That's it. Not That's yet. the point. Not yet. Um, so, so we're driving around in, in the snow, in my mom's company car in the doggone late seventies. And, um, we bump up against the curb and apparently I pop, um, a, a hubcap off. So then she's got to like, she goes into work and they like call her on it. Oh no. And, uh. Yeah, so then mom came up with some fantastical lie to try to get out of it, and, uh, and then I had to hear about it. So, <laughs> a fantastical lie, like um, I hit a pothole. <laughs> um, no, um, mom never really um, uh, mastered keeping a lie simple and close to the truth but like you know i mean that's that's how it 
I mean, that's, that's, you know, you, you, you create, um, you know, a backstory, you know, you create a backstory, like familiar enough that you can remember it without it actually being you or what happened. So, so you know how people will often like start a story by saying, okay, here's the thing. Yeah. And then they'll, you know, they'll launch into some. Yeah. In fact, that's the, that's the title of Alec Baldwin's podcast. Is it? Here's the thing. I I worked with a guy, and and I wasn't like his direct manager, but I managed him from time to time on certain projects. And uh, like, I'd have to send him out to go do service calls, and then he would come back, and you know, and there were times where I'd say, okay, so hey man, what happened here? I got I got a call on this. What what, what happened? Okay, so, okay, so, okay, so, is the thing is. Is the thing is? Is the thing is. And I'm like, every time is the thing is would come out. Here we go. Okay. He'd spend six or seven minutes just. Weaving a fantastical lie. Weaving, yeah. It's like, can you fix it? Can you fix it? Can you make it right so I don't get another phone call, please? <laughs> is the thing is with me. I just don't want to get a phone call. <laughs> so maybe that's what our the name of our podcast should have been. Is the thing is. That would have been good. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, no. So also my wife is like the worst liar in the world. And I mean, and not lie, lie. Okay, just like withholding the the entirety of the truth from someone who doesn't need it. Okay, right. And she just—I I mean, my my wife is not a deceitful person, and she, Mrs. Winger will just like so. I mean, like if called upon to in any way make any alteration. To what she views the, to be the truth, then, I mean, she just, like, starts flopping around the deck like, uh, I don't know, like a, like a dolphin out of water or something. I mean, it's like, it's, it's horrible. It's terrible to see. I mean, at, fir- at first it's funny, and then it's just like, oh, stop. Just whatever you're doing. Don't do that. Um, uh, uh, Mrs. Grimm has no poker face. So, like, I'll ask her something, and she will either make a face or turn away so that I cannot see (laughs) what's going on. That's funny, Brian. It's been said that I have no poker face. You do. You share something in common. Uh, it's, It's another thing, isn't it? Um, um, I was thinking, uh, uh, so you're telling a story about your younger sister. I didn't know if for the purposes of the podcast, we should call her Mistress Grimm. No, that would be weird. Please, please. (laughs) 
Uh, okay, so you uh, you wore your wife's mask, and uh, it was a big hit. Yeah. All right, good. Uh, yeah, I was listening to the podcast, and uh, we were, I, I really, um, I, I, I didn't uh, do a very good uh, reading. I was just, like, killing myself to be, um, to try to come up with alliteration on the fly, and uh, really, uh, really failed. So, uh, you're right, uh, the masks are comfortable and stylish and effective. There you go. Um, what, uh, what did you, what do you, uh, so I've been on. I've been okay. So it, I, I just looked up the podcast to figure out which podcasts we're on. It's twenty eight, by the way, uh, and uh, which is a pretty good age. It's a good age. It's like you're not. I mean, you're still like super young and healthy, but you're not totally an idiot anymore. Mm. It's a good age. <laughs> you're about twenty eight, aren't you, Brian? Yeah. <laughs> right about there. Yeah. So. Um. Uh, so, like the the first episode was me talking about James Bond, and so it's 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 six months later, and I'm still talking about James Bond. But uh, I got Mrs. Winger to sit down and watch Doctor No the other day, the other night, mm-hmm. the first one, and uh, it was kind of interesting. They had uh, uh, like you could tell like they didn't they knew they had an awesome song, but they didn't know how to use it yet. Uh, so like every time Sean Connery's on the screen you get that I mean you know he's just, just you know he's walking right. a, w- walking across the room to get some more ice or something cue the music <laughs> yeah yeah um, which is interesting because with the Daniel Craig ones I think they've underused it uh, that that uh, Casino Royale with Daniel Craig. They didn't do the music till the end. It's like, oh, now he's become the man. Now he's Bond, mm-hmm. and now we're going to do the music. But honestly, I don't want to go a whole James Bond music or a whole James Bond movie without hearing that song. But 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 didn't they kind of didn't they kind of flirt with it a little bit because they would kind of do like the low like the horns. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not prepared to do a scene by scene breakdown. You know. You know who we had. You know who would know is our is friend of managing expectations podcast, Chris Galley. Did you just say horns? Because I've got a guy. Because. <laughs> if you say saxophone read three times, Chris Chris Galley will appear on our podcast. You know what? I, that is in good fun. Chris Grally is a friend of the show and a friend of ours, and I'm just, but that's funny. Okay, so what was um, what was what was Ron what was Ron Swanson's alter ego? Uh, Duke, Nate, like, Duke, Nate, Duke. I was going to say Nate Silver. Uh, <laughs> Duke Silver, wasn't it? Huh? Duke Silver. Was was it Duke Silver? Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Um. Okay, so Nate, Nate Silver is a statistician. Right. Statistician. Um, so maybe they flirted with it, but they didn't really do it mm-hmm. until later. And honestly, I sat through Quantum of Solace again because I didn't realize that the Bond girl in that one was this um, uh, this actress that I'm 
um, uh, I'm rather fond of. Gemma Arterton? Uh, no, Olga Kurylenko oh. or something. Mm-hmm. What's her name? Olga Kurylenko. <laughs> That's what I thought. Olga Olga Kurylenko. Yeah, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and and yeah, it, it's not a very good movie, but it's not it's not the worst piece of junk I've ever seen. And listen, in my in my memory, uh, and I I, I kind of want to like dig into the Roger Moore ones again, um, but in my memory, those seem really dated. I mean, stuff that just seemed unbelievably futuristic and awesome. I mean. I can't remember which one, but in one of the Roger Moore ones, he like gets a message from M. So he's like under a bearskin rug with some woman in a mountain chalet, and he gets this message, and it like prints out of his watch, and it looks like Dymo tape. Like <laughs> Bond, return to London at once, M. Yeah, yeah. Like he's reading ticker tape, except you remember like those those label makers that like yeah. the Dymo tape, right? Mm-hmm. You would punch it. Uh, people of a certain age are absolutely not going to get that reference. But um, yeah, it seemed amazing in nineteen whatever seventy seven, but um, not 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 so much now. So yeah, we were also talking about the existential. I don't know. I don't know. You know, your kids at least can listen to to good music on good uh, on good equipment. <clears throat> that was not the case in the late seventies. Um, we were talking about the vehicles. Um, yeah, sure. Your your cars are a little fancier than you know your neighbors. Oh, you know what else? Okay, so then you were talking about. Okay, I. It honestly sounds like your neighborhood is the worst of both worlds in that you're paying for the fascist you you're, you're paying for your own oppression by by contributing HOA fees to just fascist overlords who are going to tell you that you can only have one can while also not being um, like not having full access to services I mean in my town First of all, the, the trash trucks have got like two or three guys on them. I'm sure it's all a boondoggle thing. Mm-hmm. Who cares? They take everything, man. Which is why, which is why, if you were to see my home, which you'll never do, because you know you, you don't want to leave Colorado, which is so awesome. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Unless you're going to the happiest place on earth, which, admittedly, my home is not. Um, <laughs> it's like uh, I'm not a hoarder but I need to explain the reasons why I mean it's like I feel like if I've got to explain what you're about to see it could be a problem right yeah okay so is the thing is <laughs> is the thing is I don't know that makes me feel like we're punching down that, that, when my wife or George W. Bush mangle a sentence. I feel like, well, these are people who are better educated than I am, and you know, just take a time out and say, mm-hmm. "Did you really mean to say?" But uh, I'm not sure that is the thing is guy. Yeah. So. 
No, that's what he meant to say. So why don't uh, you try to be nice, Brian? <laughs> I will try to be. Um, no, I I agree with you about the HOA uh, to a large extent. You know, but they, they do maintain some order in the neighborhood. What do they do? Well, you just can't go out there and redo your front yard any way you want. You've got to check with the HOA first. It yeah, keeps, that sounds like that sounds great. It keeps it the standards like up. <laughs> uh, the whole thing sounds awful. Listen, I'm so happy with my yard right now. Now, the backyard we've got a lot. We've got a lot of rain down here in Texas, and when it's hot and rainy, um, you get a lot of stuff growing. And honestly, the weeds grow twice as fast as the grass. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the backyard um, is is a little. Um, it's it's not great. I mean, I, I I cut it on Sunday, and like already you can like see, like longer uh, uh, blades, you know, than, than the regular grass. But um, man, I edged the front yard. I mean, I I, I feel positively Egglestonian in my in my little slice of of uh, paradise. Um, it's amazing. Uh. We yeah we we took out we took out some some stuff out out front with the blessing of the HOA and put down some sod but it was like ninety seven degrees for a week straight and uh, there's sections of it that aren't going to make it but uh, this dip into the thirties and six inches of snow should help. I I just I I mean I just the the idea that you got to check with somebody to do something to your own yard. I mean, this is what to keep the neighbors. I, I mean, to keep the neighbors from decorating their front yard with a dilapidated washing machine and maybe a, a truck on concrete blocks. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yes, uh, because people clearly cannot be trusted to maintain property values without some governing body keeping an eye on things. Really. Mm-hmm. See that we're about to have a Captain America Civil War right now, and obviously, uh, this machine kills fascists. <laughs> that's a Woody. That's a Woody Guthrie reference there. Uh, the, it's funny because in in the neighborhood, the guy the guy who's like who has been the president of of this HOA for a couple of years, um, his. Like he really enjoys his holiday decorations, and so while I have to check to make sure I can put sod out in front and take out you know a section of rock and, and replace it with sod, he has the most elaborate uh, s- zombie Jurassic Park theme in his front yard for about a month, and then and then it turns into kind of a zombie uh, Christmas theme after, you know as we get closer to the end of the year it's just it's just over the top it's just so, and that that so doesn't cool. make you want to reach for your musket well it does but what am I what am I gonna do yeah I guess that's one way of looking at it you play the hand you're dealt no <laughs> no 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 <laughs> 
if uh, what's the David Mamet had a great uh, line about cards if you're uh, if you're beat fold if you got nothing fold if you got the best cards make them pay I'm screwing that up I'll, I'll find that for the next for the next episode so everybody hang on to your wait in anticipation for episode 29 where I have the actual David Mamet quote about cards you may have to clean it up a bit no well you would think right I, I'm telling you David Mamet when he works clean is mm -hmm. great Mm -hmm. uh, it, he's no, he's a little, he's a little. I, I, I think he's great. I like him, but it's an he's affected. Uh, he's a little, he's a little dry. He's too precise. Um, but I mean, he's obviously, literally taking dramatic license. Um, uh, he's he's worked clean in a terrific, terrific movie called um, The Spanish Prisoner. If, if you haven't seen The Spanish Prisoner, you got to see The Spanish Prisoner. Uh, everybody said The Winslow Boy was really boring. Um, he was a producer and wrote like nine episodes of the TV show The Unit, which was good when it was good, but then it kind of like veered into... Um, uh, what was the show with Felicity Huffman about housewives? Desperate Housewives. Desperate it Housewives. Veered yeah, it veered into Desperate Housewives territory, and, and then it just got stupid. Because there was a real story to be told, right, about about soldiers and um, the women, you know, their wives at home. Uh, I mean, that that's, that's a real story. Mm -hmm. um, because there is a dynamic there, and it's been uh, tackled in, in many other uh, forums, seriously. But, you know, when... When you have the women solving mysteries and then the soldiers, it's not enough for them just to be normal soldiers, but it like starts getting into Mission Impossible territory. You've really kind of jumped the shark. So while I think that that show is better than average, it's not great. I mean, there were great episodes, but overall it was. Mm -hmm. We we uh, we watched The Spanish Prisoner a couple nights ago. Did um, you really? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you're right. It's it's great. It's it's a it's a lot of fun. It's interesting. Uh, there's a couple of you know a couple of quirky characters that you kind of enjoy watching. And uh, yeah, I was just really happy that Little Women wouldn't load that night, so we could watch something. Watch the Spanish Prisoner. <laughs> oh, also one of my favorite movies of all time, The Hudsucker Proxy is on sale on iTunes for $4.99. It probably won't be by the time you listen to this, sometime probably in mid-December, but um, uh, it's a great movie. So anyway, back to The Spanish Prisoner. Yeah, I thought Campbell Scott was really good. Um, you know, Rebecca Pigeon is David Mamet's second wife, right? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I think, she, I think uh, he left his first wife Lindsay Krauss um, who was in a, a show that I think you really liked called Op Center I never watched Op Center Off Center <laughs> Op Center like Tom Clancy's Op uh, like Operation Center oh 
<laughs> okay, so so I I we'll we'll talk about the Spanish prisoner and um, uh, David Mamet uh, in due course, if not now, then later. But I actually I wanted to get so as we record this, the NFL season starts this coming weekend actually Thursday night because uh, they think that you can't get too much of a good thing and then Sunday and Monday uh, I honestly didn't know that they were actually playing football I, I've not seen or read a single thing about training camp I don't know anything about anything so I'm really surprised I also think <coughs> pardon me um, and I really and, and I know that you probably do watch for one thing, you actually have cable television. You probably have seen Sports Center in the last month. I ha I can't tell you the last time I watched Sports Center. <clears throat> do you stay up? Do you keep up with sports? Um, so I'll follow it. Like I'll check the scores and the news on the app, on an app on my phone every once in a while. I mean, we the the Avalanche were in the Western Conference semifinals and they were eliminated in a Game Seven this week. So which was which was pretty exciting. Uh, hockey. Hockey playoffs are, are fun. Uh, I know that you, you're you're not typically you haven't typically watched a lot of hockey or really been interested in it. But um. I tried. I work with a Canadian who actually played. He was um, he played in like the minor leagues, which is what brought him to Texas, where he married a Texan. Um, so I've actually tried to pay attention to it. Um, it's just hard yeah it's and then hard. The, it's it's it, i mean it's better than soccer but uh not as good as an american sport if i may yeah and then the, the nuggets the nuggets are in the playoffs as well so yeah and you hear a lot about the bubble i yeah. think the nba seems to be doing it right mm -hmm. um but i honestly don't know what's happening with baseball because yeah, the, the the it's just a weird it's a weird thing. So they're playing a sixty game season in baseball, and uh, they're so what have they done when like I mean I know that there have been a couple of instances where several members of the team test positive for COVID. Do they? they a, little, yeah, they have a little outbreak within the team, so like they've canceled those games. Um. So I think that the Marlins missed like three or four games over a week's time. Well, I don't know how you only missed three or four games because you're playing a 60-game season in like 70 days, right? Mm -hmm. To try to cram it all in. So, I mean, were they going to end up playing 12 games in one day at the end of the, the last day of the season? I mean, it seems like they, they won't sweat it. If if you're not in playoff contention, they're not gonna make you make them up. But right. if, I don't know what you do if you are in playoff contention. Although if half your guys have tested positive for COVID nineteen, I don't know how you could possibly be in playoff contention. Right. I don't know. I don't know how but, they're gonna. But getting back to football. Yeah. Okay. I I, I have no idea. No earthly idea. As much. Um. Blood, sweat tears piss spit that goes into uh you know uh 
a pile of football players diving for the ball, uh, I don't know how you could possibly hope to have that uh, a season of that without catastrophic results. And so, the, so they're gonna they're gonna play without people in the stands. Mm-hmm. Is that is that honestly the plan? That is the plan. Yeah, that that's how they're playing all the other. I mean, there's no there's no fans at baseball games. There's no fans at the hockey playoffs or the NBA playoffs. It's it's un, it's unusual. Um. So so I. Now, now, and I've probably said this before, as a young man, you just play hard. And, and you play even if there's not money on the table. You play even if there's not, you know, um, uh, a girl to impress. Sometimes you just play because it's A, fun to play, and B, you want to beat the other guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that these are the most noble um, attributes of manhood. But I think that they are real and significant, okay? And uh, so I I don't know. Part of me thinks it would be pretty awesome to play and, like, be in, like, whatever, Mile High Stadium or Cowboys Stadium, whatever Jerry Jones built in Arlington, Texas, and just play the other team and... <clears throat> no, you know, know that you're in living rooms, which is pretty much how people take in the NFL anyway. Mm-hmm. And you know, you don't have to. Well, I w- I would think it would be a delight to play the Raiders, um, because you wouldn't have to worry about some battery throwing thug, you know, <laughs> hitting you, hitting you in the head. Um, there was there was a guy who played for Denver, a couple of several years ago, and he got hit. Like just under his eye, with like a D cell, and it and it like it like shattered his cheekbone. Yeah, that's a that's that's a serious injury. Yeah, it is. Could have blinded the guy. No kidding. Yeah, and, yeah. If he, if he was and unless shorter. unless that guy was Bill Romanowski, that is not acceptable. <laughs> what do you got against Bill Romanowski? Oh come on! The worst, I, I, the worst thing the Broncos ever did was sign that guy. He was not a good guy. He, I mean, he was, a, he was, a, he was, you know, obviously a capable player, but I mean, you know, he was a terrible human being, and he blamed blamed everything on steroids. Couldn't possibly be because he was just a total jerk. Which and, came first? Which came first? I think you and I both know something about um, <laughs> substance. Doesn't really uh, like 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 being um, altered in some way. Doesn't really make you a totally different person. It just kind of unleashes what you really are. What's already there. I kind of think so. Kind of like an amplifier. Uh, yes, without any sort of governing agent. Yeah. yeah. So, Romanowski was not a good guy, and I think sullied the good name of the Broncos. Uh, because I'm just an idiotic homer who seems to think that the Broncos are a force of 
light and good in the universe as opposed to um, a cutthroat organization. <laughs> the winter wind is a pirate. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, I, I just, I, I, it, that's a lot of money to leave on the table because season tickets cost a ton of money. What are they like? Do you, does your family still have your dad's season tickets? No. So he he gave up those tickets. Oh, that's right. He gave them up. I think the year before the Broncos won their first Super Bowl. Well, I mean, look, your dad never did anything impulsively. So, I mean, he must have not really been enjoying going to the games. Yeah, he was probably chewing on that idea for five or ten years. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I was on a Zoom meeting a few weeks ago with um, uh, several people, including our mutual friend, Editha. And... uh, was talking about I, I, just to illustrate her personality. Uh, I talked about how um, when she just thought that she wanted to have a tablet, uh, I took her to like Sam's or Costco or something and showed her an iPad and talked to her about you know this one versus that one, and in about six minutes made a recommendation and. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Just so just get this one, and um, two years later, she pulled the trigger on it. <laughs> I think it's time to get a tablet. Yeah, I've been thinking about what you said <laughs> two years ago. I've been thinking about it a lot. <laughs> Remember that time in the during the Clinton administration? You said, "Yeah, I've been thinking about that." So. Yeah, some people are like that. I'm not one of them. Uh, yeah, when I asked my dad why he, he gave up tickets, and he said, well, I enjoy the games, but, uh, you know, I'm, it takes an awful lot to go to those games. Okay? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think this is my last year. Okay. And that was his last year? Yeah, that was his last year. Yeah. See, I, I honestly, I, I mean, I, I well, obviously, I, I never. So, how many tickets did he have? Two or four? He had two, and I think he had them for like thirty years. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but I think he he never told me this, but I, I I don't think that he really enjoyed. I think he enjoyed going, um, but I don't think that he really enjoyed the crowd that was there. In 30 years, he never enjoyed the crowd? Well, no, I think that he did enjoy the crowd, but I think as he got older and maybe as the crowd started to change a little bit, um, you know, you'd always have your handful of drunk guys, but then a handful of drunk guys turns into majority, well, sure. of, majority of drunk guys and fights and stuff like that. So, yeah, it just wasn't his speed at, at 60 years old anymore, so. Uh, yeah, uh, I, well, I don't like crowds now, you know, I, I don't even like crowds of good people. Uh, I surely don't like crowds of, you know, drunks and, and rowdy people. I mean, 
<laughs> I, uh, um, um, I'll, I actually have a, a crowd story that I think you would really amuse you, but I want to tell you um, off the air. Uh, I don't want to tell you now, but I mean, I just, I, you know, and obviously uh, you see what happened. I mean, people are just emboldened. People are, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's like an ancient principle. Don't follow, you know, the crowd for an evil end. But I mean, people are emboldened to do things in crowds that they would never, ever, ever do by themselves if they were just an individual, you know, and um, if they didn't feel like there were 50 other people standing behind them, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, so, and it's, so, so as I've said many times before, you start getting a bunch of people bunching up and next thing you know, they're going to want to start marching and then you got Nuremberg, you know, with like, a hundred thousand Nazis in order. <laughs> it is why I fundamentally don't like marching bands. Okay, I don't like that level of precision and synchronization. I, I just, I just like it when everybody does their own little, their own thing. Okay, I mean we can work together, but if we got to start dressing alike and do, <laughs> do, I mean, you know, you start trying to, I don't know. It makes me sound like it makes me sound like I'm some sort of like individualist, and I'm and I'm I'm, I'm sure I'm not. Who was I talking to? Um, Americans. Oh, I was talking to uh, a woman at work who's, and this is kind of interesting. We'll and we can wrap up after this because, so um, she's Japanese American. She's like fourth generation or something, and uh, it, it is awesome. It is is amazing to see how american she is i mean she carries herself um and and to the extent that we have like truly japanese clients because uh as you know there are there is a major uh japanese car manufacturer which moved into north dallas and there's a ton of people uh, from Japan who have relocated to the North Dallas area. And um, so to the extent that we deal with like actual Japanese people, they're so unlike this woman that I work with, right? I mean, she um, she's an American girl. She's like an all-American girl. And, and I think that this is cool too because you know, my, my black friends have more in common with me than they do, you know, um, okay. My, my, my black American friends have more in common with me, baseball, jazz music, Bootsy Collins, whatever. Um, than they do say, uh, a, a recent immigrant from Nigeria. Mm-hmm. I mean, the color of their skin only matters to like the ta- Texas clan and people who, uh, well, um, who, who feel that there's no oppression in the world that hasn't been caused by white people. Um, but, but, but culturally there is a thing that happens in this, in this time and place. And for all I know, uh, it happens in England, and it ha- I don't think it happens in France. I honestly don't think that France, 
um, uh, assimilates people the, 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 the same way um, the, uh, some of the other countries do. Uh, it, it's interesting, but um, it's just it's just cool to think that I don't know my friend Tom, I don't know my, my, my friend Henderson or, or Armstrong in in Kansas City. Um, I mean, we're both more we're all more like uh, Jackie Robinson than we are I don't know these these Kenyan. Endure, you know, distance runners, or you know, wh you know, whatever. I, I just think that there's something about. I, I think there's undeniably something about America that makes you an American, if you know, if you let it. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not even saying that that should be the the main and fundamental thing, but I, I don't know how you get around it. You, you are you with me? Do you see what yeah. I'm saying here? Yeah. Can you clean no. that up a little? Can you clarify? <laughs> Can you speak up? Can you speak into your microphone? I'm picking up what you're laying down, <laughs> but but that's but that's well that's just because of uh, the history of this country, right? I mean that's that's what it was all about. It was just it was people from all over the place coming together to build something different than than what they left. So um, I mean that's 250 years in the making, right? Yeah, and I mean I've got. But I mean, I have I have very dear friends, as you know, in Finland, and I'm not sure that. I mean, I think I think, oh, okay, and I've and I've I've worked in the in the Vietnamese community kind of extensively, and um, you know the Vietnamese, of course, all wanted to come to the U.S. They would settle for a, a, another country. I mean, they'd settle for whatever Sweden or Spain, but they wanted America. Um, and of course there were historical reasons, right? They, they knew somebody in the States, the, the States was the reason why they were refugees in the first place, arguably, um, not, not, not the States, but, but America, mm -hmm. you know, U S foreign policy and the prosecution of the war. Uh, so all of that would have. But I mean, ultimately, they didn't want to go back to Vietnam because they knew that they would be persecuted. For one thing, they tried to leave, which the Communist Party didn't didn't favor. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's just um, the point I was trying to make was I'm not sure that people end up in Finland and say, "Awesome, I want to be a Finn." So some of it's just branding, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean. It's like, okay, well, <clears throat> you know, you're whatever, you're in a Nordic country, so you're gonna get um, you're gonna you're gonna gonna give us a lot of tax you're gonna pay us a lot of taxes, but we're gonna take care of a lot of stuff that won't so that you won't have to worry about. So medical care and education and things like that. And those are important things to people, especially parents like yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about how your life would be different right now, Brian, if education and uh uh Healthcare, we're all all on the Finnish Ministry all, of all wrapped into one thing, <laughs> Budinskyism. <laughs> yeah, it's like having my uh, my trash wrapped up in my in my HOA service. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, 
I don't know. I think that this has been an okay episode of the Managing Expectations podcast, uh, which is in no way a reflection on our excellent sponsor, Mrs. Winger's Masks. Uh, a link to her current website can be found in the show notes, but it is, of course, Mrs. Winger's Masks dot square dot site uh, where a new product that she's bringing out is uh, two face masks and then a pocket square for a men's jacket which corresponds to the face mask how gangster is that <laughs> so a matching face mask and pocket square and then the pocket square is reversible so it matches the other face mask that you bought so new products coming out, they're, they're effective, they're comfortable, they're stylish. Uh, check it out. Um, this is the Managing Expectations podcast, which uh, is really a, an object lesson in managing your expectations today. But we look forward to uh, joining you again soon for the next episode. This has been episode 28. Uh, Brian, thanks for coming in. It's been it's been enjoyable. Glad you I'm glad you liked it. Terrific. This is uh, Jeff Winger for Managing Expectations. Uh, we thank you very much for your time and attention. Now let's go to work. <laughs>